beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to the 10 things to tell you podcast. It is the 100th episode. 100 episodes. I cannot believe it. Just shy of two years together weekly. 2 million downloads, and just two weeks out from the release of the book version of this podcast. And my mind is seriously so blown to be here. I am so excited. I am so grateful. When I started 10 Things to Tell You in the spring of 2019, I didn't really have a destination in mind. I didn't know how many episodes I'd make. I was a little bit daunted by the idea of a weekly show that I wrote and produced and created and edited myself, but the time has flown by and it has been a joy to share my stuff with you 100 times and counting seriously. In making 10 Things to Tell You, I have had the most amazing conversations and connections And writing the book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, the book is, of course, named after the tagline of this show, 
It's all just been so special. I cannot thank you enough for listening and for sharing and for sending encouragement. If it weren't for you, dear listeners, I wouldn't be doing any of this at all. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking around to episode 100. You know, I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do for episode 100. Like, how does one celebrate a milestone like this? When there's so much happening in the world right now, our minds are kind of all over the place. Also, the book launches soon, so that's taking up a lot of room on my plate. And everything just seems both heavy and hopeful at the exact same time. But like you, I've been in sort of a weird headspace because of all of these things. However, it felt right to go with a favorite things episode. I've been doing these favorite things episodes every 20 episodes since the beginning of the show. So episode 20, episode 40, episode 60, and so on. And according to the listener survey from the fall and from the download numbers that I can see, the favorite things episodes are must listens for so many of you. And of course, they're also fun for me to make because I always have at least 10 current favorite things that I'm ready to tell you about when those episodes roll around. But because this is 100, the 100th episode, I didn't want to do just a regular favorite things list where I share 10 current favorite things from books to apps to beauty products to social media follows. No, I wanted to do like a favorite things hall of fame. The favorite things that have withstood the test of time for me. Things that I have loved for years and that aren't just a passing fancy. Where do those kinds of favorite things live? Well, now they're going to live here on episode 100. I've picked 10 plus things. Really, I've picked 10 categories and then a few things in each category to share with you today, all of which are in my personal favorite things hall of fame. Probably you've heard me talk about some of these things before because they're longtime favorites, but there is something that feels good about having them all in one place, all in one list, so you can refer to it and I can refer to it. And so even though you can always go to 10thingstotellyou.com and click on episodes and show notes to find anything that I mention on this show, I always link everything there. I did set up a special page just for favorite things, so that's 10thingstotellyou.com slash favorite things. But before I just start rattling off all of my personal favorites, of course you know I'm going to remind you that my very first book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, is available for pre-order right now. And let me tell you that if you like this show, if you like 10 Things to Tell You, you will like this book. It really is the tangible book version of this podcast, where every chapter, there's 10 chapters, every chapter asks a big question, and then I write about the ways that you could think about the question, how you could look at this question for yourself, and then I answer the question with my own personal stories, most of which I've never shared before, even in all of my years of blogging and podcasting and throwing stuff up on social media, the best stories in the book, they will all be new to you. Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First comes out on 2-2, two, two, 
February 2nd. It is available for pre-order at all your favorite retailers, Amazon, Target, Bookshop, Barnes & Noble. Of course, please consider ordering it from your favorite independent bookstore as well. Go to shareyourstuffbook.com to learn more. And then if you do pre-order, make sure that you claim all the fun pre-order bonuses. They are out there for you. You will love them. There will be links to all of this in the show notes as always. Okay, now, favorite things. This was hard to narrow down, right? Like there's so many favorite things in the world. There's so many things that we could talk about. So instead, I just picked favorite categories of the things that are most easily shareable that you would be most interested in, I think, categories that you would also want to make your own lists of favorite things in. That's sort of how I narrowed it down. And it's funny, you know, when I was thinking about what I wanted to share in my favorite things Hall of Fame list, it made me think about all of the things that I consider my signature, sort of. Does everyone have a signature outfit or like maybe you're known for your taste in books or movies or the types of things you frequently share? A lot of us have kind of a handful of signature items that people associate with us. Like for me, it's Dr. Pepper. I've been very explicit about my love of Dr. Pepper, which means then when there's any kind of news article or, you know, Dr. Pepper flavored anything new, I get tagged a hundred times. It gets sent to me a hundred times, which I love by the way, but I think it's funny that people associate a drink with me, but I know why. Also headscarves, you know, I love to wear a headscarf on social media hot tip. If I have a headscarf on, it almost always just means that my hair is dirty and I was too lazy to wash it. But I do have this beautiful collection of scarves that I like to wear. It's kind of become a signature look for me along with the bright pink, bright reddish lipstick that I love to wear. I always talk about the power of a good lipstick. So anyway, as I was thinking about the things I wanted to share and thinking about how some of these things have become sort of signature to me, it made me want to encourage you to make these lists for yourself or talk about it with a friend. It's just sort of a fun exercise to think about how our favorite things of all time, our Hall of Fame favorite things, are not always just about like the thing. You know, there's a deeper meaning there. There's something that it says about us or something we want it to say about us or maybe something that it unintentionally says about us. Y'all know I can make anything deep, even a favorite things list. But this is true, actually. It really is something to think about what your favorite things like kind of mean. It's just a fun layer to this conversation if you're having this with a friend or a partner, even if you're just journaling it out. But okay, let's get started. Number one, you will not be surprised. The first category I'm going to share with you is makeup and beauty. I love makeup and beauty topics. It's been a little bit tricky to talk about some of those things on the podcast because, you know, obviously this is a audio medium, isn't really conducive to showing you some of my favorite 
new makeup discoveries or whatever. But also, as I get older, some of these things don't change as often as they did when I was younger. And this isn't even in only the beauty category. This is sort of across the board. I definitely try less things now than I used to when I was young. When I find something that really works, these days I tend to stick to it (laughs) instead of trying the next fun thing or the next trendy thing. This is honestly sort of like a mark of getting older, right? Like people find their signatures or they find the brands that they love. I can see that favorite things become favorite things and stay our Hall of Fame favorite things because they work for us. It is one less decision we have to make because decision fatigue is real. And it might be fun to try every shade of lipstick when you're 20. And then by the time you're 40, you're like, I just need the one that looks best. But it's amazing kind of to feel confident in your purchasing choices, to know what looks good, to feel comfortable in your skin. Just the very luxury of having favorite things, which just it brings me a lot of comfort. But okay, back to the category. Makeup and beauty favorite things. Of course, I could spend an entire episode on this. I will not now, but I will tell you that I have already recorded a fabulous conversation coming next month about makeup and skincare, and it's an extra long episode, and so if you are into that, you will get your fill there. But here on the favorite things list, if I had to pick a favorite beauty brand, and I'll go with makeup first, a favorite makeup beauty brand it's just going to end up being NARS. I've been wearing NARS products for decades at this point. Their Velvet Matte Lip Pencil is one of the best lipsticks out there. The colors look good on so many people. It's not too dry. It doesn't smear all over the place. The packaging is nice. The price point is nice. But NARS makes so many good products. I like their tinted moisturizer. I like their bronzer, their blush. If I had to stick to one brand, and I don't do this. I never want to do this. I have so many favorites that are across all kinds of brands. But if I just needed to pick all one thing, I know that it would be exactly what I wanted and to my taste and good quality and all of that. NARS is fantastic and is always a good choice. For skincare, and I debated this one because I have some real serious loves in skincare, like one product from this line and one product from this line. But if we're going for Hall of Fame level favorites, my favorite skincare line is Amore Pacific. It is expensive. I'm just going to say that. It is We talked about this brand and my love of it way back on episode 14, one of the most downloaded episodes of this show ever, beauty and skincare favorites with my friend Jamie Golden. She full on made fun of me for loving this expensive skincare brand, but I come back to it over and over again, even as I try new things. I love their moisturizer. My holy grail product in the Amore Pacific line is their moisturizer. Depending on the weather, depending on the season, I either do the Hydra Gel, which is lighter, or the Moisture Cream, which is a bit heavier. And they have been longtime favorites. They might have been one of my 
earliest splurges in the skincare realm a long time ago, but I've been devoted to Amore Pacific skincare for years now, and I stock up whenever they have the 20% off Sephora sales a few times a year because I just love the way it feels, the smell, the packaging, obviously the end result that it moisturizes my skin well. They have other great products too. There's an enzyme cleanser that's really amazing. I do like their face wash, but it's too expensive for face wash, so I don't use it that often. They're just a great, great skincare brand that I love. So lastly, in the makeup and beauty category, Hall of Fame favorite, is going to be hair care. And I don't talk a ton about hair because I'm not good at hair. I only talk about it when I'm referencing my scarves and how dirty my hair is. (laughs) But I have used Bumble and Bumble hair products for a long time. Like when they were very first trendy, I feel like in, you know, early 2000s or something. I use their thickening shampoo and then I also use their surf spray. I've tried a lot of their different products. I do try other shampoo and I always end up coming back to Bumble and Bumble, especially if I've tried another shampoo for a bit and, you know, gone through the whole bottle or whatever, given it a whole go. And then I come back to my Bumble and Bumble, I will immediately be like, oh yeah, this looks better. Like it just works. The thickening formula for the Bumble and Bumble shampoo and conditioner, it just works really well with my fine hair. And so it has remained a favorite for a really long time now. Okay, number two, (laughs) favorite writer. Of course, the answer here is going to be Stephen King. Stephen King has been my favorite writer since I was in the fourth grade. So we are talking quite a few decades (laughs) of this man being my favorite writer of all time. I think he is the greatest storyteller alive. I am 100% convinced that we will be studying him in future college courses and there will be books upon books written about him, just like we study any other very famous, very prolific writer, even some of those that were maligned in their time. There are a lot of parallels to what I think makes Stephen King one of the best writers that has ever lived. Now, does that mean that I pick up every single thing he writes? No. He tries a lot of different things. He's actually kind of experimental, and his style has changed over the years. It's still changing, which I also find to be fascinating and really speaks to his genius. Why I am bringing him up on this episode, I mean, other than the fact that he belongs here, fair and square, he is in my favorite things of all time, for sure. But why I'm bringing it up is because when I talk about him, I think many of you tune me out (laughs) or just dismiss it because you think that he's a horror writer, which he is. He writes horror. He writes scary things. But that is not all he writes. If you want to experience Stephen King and you don't want to be as scared, there are a few options. One of my favorite books of all time is called 112263. It has some suspenseful elements, but it's a time travel novel. It is about a person who finds a a portal to go back in time and decides that what he wants to do to, you know, really make the world better is to go back in time and stop the assassination of John F. Kennedy on 
November 22nd, 1963. Now that's like a very basic explanation of that novel. It's a quadrillion pages long. It's so long. It might not be where you would want to start, except I'm telling you, it is absolutely amazing. If you can do suspense, but not horror, but you can do like telepathy, um, you know, sort of sci-fi suspense. Then he wrote a book a couple of years ago that was very appealing to a broad range of readers and I think would give you a little taste of Stephen King and that's called The Institute, which is not a classic, but it is safe for a lot of readers if you can take a little bit of suspense and some child endangerment, some kidnapping. I'm really passionate about him and about women reading outside of their expected genres. And I don't think that Stephen King readers are necessarily male-dominated, but I do think that a lot of this audience and the same people that like to do a lot of journaling and introspection and thoughtfulness and mindfulness, which is a lot of the things we talk about on this show, that same type of person, which might be you, usually steers clear of something like Stephen King. So This is why I love encouraging reading him and why I think I need to do a bigger Stephen King-based project in the future. And of course, it's also why he belongs on this list. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and, yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. 
Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. We're really going to change direction now and talk about underwear. I know, I know. Where do these categories come from? But here we are. We're going to talk about underwear as the third category in my Hall of Fame favorite things. The thing about underwear is that we all have to wear it I've worn the same type of underwear for a long, long time now. I still wear hanky-panky, low-rise thongs. Of everything I've ever tried, they hold up the best. They're cute. This is a thing that works for me. I'm not going to be weird about it. Secondly, back in normal world, pre-COVID world, I'm a fan of wearing Spanx. I mean, aren't a lot of us? When I have to dress up, I have worn Spanx for years, even years before I needed them to like suck in everything. I wear them because it makes everything smooth, makes a dress lay nicely on your body, like all that kind of thing. Well, a few years ago for a special event, I bought a kind of Spanx that is so great. It's called the Suit Your Fancy Plunge Low Back Mid Thigh Bodysuit. Okay, that's a mouthful, but let me tell you what it is. It's a bodysuit, so it has regular bra-like straps at the top, but then it has a plunging neckline, so you can wear any kind of neckline except for halter with any kind of dress. as a low back, so same, and then it also goes to your mid-thigh, so it's a full bodysuit. So everything just is nice and smooth, and the way that they have made this top part with the plunging area and the bra area and then the regular type of bra straps that can be worn either straight or across in the back. It's just super versatile and I'm so glad I have this thing. It makes every outfit look better when I put this on underneath anything, basically. So that was worth mentioning. And then lastly, in this underwear category, I feel really strongly about Thinks period panties. Oh yes, my friends, we are going there. This is something that comes up in my real life among friends when I can really explain in great detail why I love them so much. I'm not going to give you all of that graphic knowledge. You can just imagine. But thinks period panties that you wear when you're on your period are amazing technology in the underwear world. I've been using them for years and years now. I wish on a deep level that I had known about these when I was a teenager and I was very self-conscious about this time of the month and I had a lot of fear that something awkward was going to happen. This removes all of that. I love them and I feel comfortable in them and it makes me not dread my period as much like the logistics side of dealing with a monthly period It is nice to have these things. And I should mention, this is not sponsored. This is not perked, nothing. This is just me truly sharing my favorite things. And also a reminder, in case you are squirming in your seat right now, (laughs) I will put a link to all of these things in the show notes. 
on the website, 10thingstotellyou.com, and you can check all of this section out in the privacy of your own home. Okay, number four, all-time favorite things, a category that is so fun to answer and that we should all be chatting about for fun because who doesn't love to talk about this, but it's food. Food is another thing that we all have to have, and so of course we have preferences on it. You will not be one millisecond surprised to learn that my favorite food of all times is hot wings. I love fried chicken. If you lived in Los Angeles, I would give you a really detailed explanation of my favorite hot wings orders from chain places like Wingstop to local places like Hot Wings Cafe to the very best fried chicken in all of LA, which is Honey's Kettle in Culver City. I have a lot of feelings about chicken wings. But after chicken wings, which I have at least once a week, does that make you just cringe? I don't know. I'm just being honest. I love chicken wings so much. My next favorite food we're going from low to high is crab. I love crab so much. My favorite crab in all the world can be found at a restaurant in Beverly Hills called Crustacean. They do this garlic crab thing that has been a staple of our life for like special occasions. That's where Jeff and I used to go for like Valentine's Day or anniversaries. We take our parents there when they come to town as like a special night out. We even, during the pandemic, restaurants have been closed in Los Angeles for months, but Crustacean was offering curbside and we just splurged one night and we were like, we're just going to have some fancy food in the middle of the pandemic because we've been cooking for all these months. And that was really fun. My other favorite food in LA, favorite restaurant, is much more casual, much more kind of thing you can grab on the weekday. And that is John and Vinny's. What's funny about John and Vinny's is the food is so good there. I don't really love Italian food in general. I'm not a big pasta person. It's just not anything I would choose usually in restaurant genres when you're traveling and everyone trying to decide where to eat. I don't normally go for Italian. John and Vinny's, which is Italian, is fantastic and is my favorite casual food and dining in LA. This question I tried to go through it fast because so many of you are not local and, you know, who wants to hear about amazing restaurants that you can't go to? But I included it in a Hall of Fame because I really think this is a fun one to answer for yourself. If you're answering it on your social media, then it's fun for other local people to chime in. If you're answering it in a group of friends, you can kind of take notes of what each person likes and then you know, maybe when it's time for gift giving or time for a birthday dinner, when we get to do those, to keep those answers in mind. This is like a fun connector at any kind of a dinner party, any kind of a moment when you're looking for conversation starters. Food is very often a fun thing for almost anybody to talk about. But moving on, number five, favorite things, Hall of Fame. This category is going to be gadgets. My favorite gadgets. Well, my number one favorite gadget is the Kindle Paperwhite. I know I mentioned this on so many book episodes, but it is vastly my preferred way to read. I held out for a really long time. I was a real purist for a long time, not wanting to move to an e-reader because it felt like 
cheating or something. It felt like not the full experience of reading a book. I was completely wrong. Once you go paper white, it's really hard to go back because the convenience of holding it, of always having it in your purse, how light it is, how many books you can have with you at all times. Of course, the capability of reading in the dark or in the bright sunlight or in any conditions, it works so well. It's just a real game changer. I just love my paper white and I will sing its praises for forever. The other gadget... This isn't really a gadget, okay? I'm playing fast and loose with that phrase, but sort of like a techie thing, is the Voxer app. This is an app. I toss this out casually, like everybody knows what I'm talking about when I talk about Voxer, and then I always end up getting messages or DMs from people saying, what are you even talking about? (laughs) Why would I use Voxer instead of voice texting or Marco Polo, which is another app that helps people keep in touch. Let me tell you why I love Voxer. There's so many reasons. First of all, it's free to download. I have the pro edition, so I do pay for an upgraded version of Voxer, but you can certainly have a free account and get so many of the benefits of it. I started using it years ago as a way to keep up with friends. So many of my friends and family, of course, live far away. And when you have kids and when you're in a different time zone and like all the complications of trying to schedule a phone date, it just never really happened. But a lot of times I would rather hear your voice. I either have too much to say on a topic to type it all out in a text or texts can be misconstrued. Email can be misconstrued in some ways. When you're hearing someone's voice, it's just better. So Voxer is a voice messaging app. You can leave messages as long as up to 15 minutes. It's a little bit like leaving voicemails back and forth. I kind of hate that description because that sounds terrible. (laughs) And it's not terrible. It's an ongoing conversation, but you're leaving your message, you're part of the conversation, and then the person leaves their message when they get to it, when they have time, and you listen back. You can bunny speed them if you have a friend that talks way too much or way too slowly. And I say that with love. You can have group conversations. So I'm in several different Voxer group conversations that are ongoing and are so valuable to me. You've heard me talk a lot about my business mastermind. We do meet, we do have meetings, but we function primarily on the Voxer app. We just leave one another messages, starting a new topic, responding to an old topic, checking in. I like listening to Voxer and I have so many good Voxer conversations going that it often takes up all of my listening time. So I might not listen to a podcast. I might spend 30 minutes catching up on Voxer while I'm driving or cleaning the kitchen or any other thing that you do while you're listening to something. You can multitask with Voxer as opposed to Marco Polo, which people always suggest to me. I have Marco Polo. I do use it sometimes. I do like it, but the video element to me makes it one step away from being convenient. First of all, I feel like I need to look medium presentable before I make my own Marco Polo video, which may or may not happen. And then also, as much as I love seeing videos of my friends and family, I like it for a minute to see their face and that's so special. But like, if they're gonna tell me a story that's five minutes long, I don't wanna watch a five minute video of them talking, which is essentially what Marco Polo is. I would rather just listen to it and be doing something else and then respond. For the daily conversations and questions that are longer or more complicated than a text, 
I'm such a huge boxer fan and have been now for, I, you know, I don't know, seven or eight years, I feel like. It has been a great part of feeling connected to friends without trying to work around schedules or other kinds of preferences to do phone dates or Zoom dates. So that's my gadget favorites. Number six, all-time favorite things in the online space. So this one is kind of funny to talk about in the exact moment that I'm recording this because America is having a enormous reckoning with our freedoms and the consequences of our online spaces. Some of this is not at all a new conversation. We've really had to think about what Facebook is doing in light of what happened on Facebook in the 2016 election what happened in the major data breach that was revealed, so many privacy issues, so many things to think about in our online world. And I know a lot of us land in different places on this, like how we feel, you know, what level of privacy feels comfortable to us, how much we share of our families, how much we share of our personal lives, how much we trust or don't trust these platforms that we do still continue to use. What qualifies as free speech? Who can be removed from these platforms? Look, I know there's a lot here. These questions have been here for a long time, but they're really in our forefront right now. Even so, what I am naming as my Hall of Fame favorite thing in the online space in this category is still, after all this time, Twitter. Listen, I know Twitter is not for everyone. I know most of the people who listen to this show don't follow me on Twitter because they're not there. I engage the most, both personally and professionally, on Instagram. Instagram is a great platform for connecting with listeners and to share our own personal life, which I really enjoy doing. I prefer Instagram over Facebook for that. I do still use Facebook to keep up with family who aren't on any other platforms. And also because I love the groups function. I think that is the strongest part of Facebook for me. Obviously, I host a 10 Things to Tell You connection group on Facebook, and we are hosting the Share Your Stuff book club. That will be on Facebook because I do love the way groups work there. But y'all, Twitter is still my ride or die. You know, I was on Twitter before there was Instagram, before they let regular people on Facebook when it was still like a university-led platform. I have been a loyal Twitter user for a long time, and I think it's the best spot for breaking news. If I was in the middle of a big world event or as big world events unfold, Twitter is always where I look or where I would post to if I was sharing my own experience. I just feel like Twitter is a whole different ball game. It's also for me personally, this might not be true for everyone, but for me personally, Twitter is where I get my widest variety of perspectives. So on Facebook, friends and family, I know a lot of what people think and feel and believe if they've been in my friendship circle or in my family for a long time. Instagram The visual element is so important and the algorithm is so intense that I get a different type of value from Instagram. I'm not knocking it, but 
it really isn't the perspective shifter that I always want it to be. Whereas Twitter, I follow all kinds of people from all different perspectives and belief systems and careers and locations all over the world. And so I feel like that to me, from the very beginning to now, is where I'm getting a peek into a bigger picture, where I am seeing the other side of the argument, where people can land a point in very few characters that really changes my mind on something or makes me think. Twitter is very political. I am very political on Twitter. And so if you don't like that, you are probably not going to want to follow me there. That's the only place where I am sharing some of my views and thoughts daily and more casually because it lends itself to that. So anyway, of all of my favorite online spaces, and I do love working and sharing online, I do care a lot about online culture and follow online culture, Twitter is my favorite. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download, puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook, as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax, but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. So I do share individual podcast episodes or a whole series, if I really like it, of podcasts when I really want to. But we were actually talking in the 10 Things to Tell You Connection group. Someone asked if I would post my favorite podcasts. And in a moment of total transparency, I was a little bit candid about why it's hard to share other podcasts sometimes. And I do it. And I will continue to do it because I love this medium. And I think there's such amazing work being created in the audio form. And also, the podcast world is quite a bit more competitive than when I was a blogger or being on social media, simply because we're competing for your time. A person can only listen to so many podcasts in a day or week. And since I want you to be listening to mine, it's hard to you know, constantly point you in another direction to use up your listening time on another show when I am very hopeful that you'll be listening to this show. However, I do love sharing good quality podcasts and because I'm also an avid podcast listener, I am fully aware that people use and need and want podcasts in all kinds of different ways. So I'm happy to share other podcasts that I'm listening to and that I really like, but there is a balance to this for sure. A few shows that stand out that make my Hall of Fame separate from my friends' podcasts. You know I have friends, dear, wonderful friends who have amazing podcasts that I listen to every week that I hope you listen to every week. 
But to be completely objective for this list, I'm going to share shows that I do not have a personal connection to, that I genuinely just like and have liked for a long time. My favorite podcast series that I've ever listened to ever is S-Town. This is several years old now, so I'm sure the majority of you have already listened to this. But if you haven't and you're looking for just jaw-dropping storytelling, and for some reason you missed this one, S-Town, I think, is the best bingeable series. And it's just one series, and then it's done. I thought that one was incredible on so many levels. I'm not going to say much more about it because there's just so many spoilers that abound about S-Town. If you have not listened to it, please don't Google it. Just listen. But another show that always makes me think that I really love, that has made me cry and made me laugh out loud in the middle of whatever I was doing, is Heavyweight. I love that show. I also really, really love the Be There in Five podcast. I think quite a few of you also listened to this one. Kate Kennedy, who hosts the Be There in Five podcast, I originally found that one because she's a big Taylor Swift fan. And I'm a pretty big Taylor Swift fan. And she was doing some deep dives on Taylor. This was several years ago. But then I also stuck around for all of the amazing content that she puts out about pop culture. She did a very popular series on Mormon mommy bloggers. Kate literally makes me laugh out loud. I think she is so funny and so smart and really has her pulse on the things her audience wants to talk about, the things that I want to talk about. I need to hear someone process it through and you will not hear anybody do that better or funnier or in a more thoughtful way than Kate Kennedy on Be There in Five. She is one of my Hall of Famers for sure. For business podcasts, I really like Amy Porterfield. For interview podcasts, a surprising entry here, I take a lot from Tim Ferriss and his interviews with people. I really am not his main demographic, possibly, Tim Ferriss, but I've listened to interviews that he has done that stay with me for like literal years. He just has incredible guests on and he does get them to open up. And so that one's a little bit of a curveball, but I'm just being honest. If we're doing Hall of Fame, I think he belongs on it for me. Okay, number eight, Hall of Fame, favorite things, where to shop. Or maybe not where to shop, but just shopping in general. I want this to be like some amazingly cool boutique answer that I could give you right now. I I think that that would be like awesome if I could do that. But the truth is I'm sort of a department store girl because when I need an item of clothing, I end up going to the place where there's like the most amount of options. And this sort of goes back to what I was saying about a signature earlier in that once I find brands that I like, I tend to stick to them. After I started that sweatshirt cult on accident a few years ago, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll have to go check out the highlight on Instagram. It's too long of a story to explain here, but I accidentally started a sweatshirt cult. It turns out that this style of sweatshirt that I was really loving is made by Aviator Nation, which is a very trendy sweatshirt, sweatpants place that makes very expensive sweatshirts. 
but I bought one and then I received one as a gift. And then the next year I bought another one. It's an absurd price for a sweatshirt, but I wear these sweatshirts all the time. So it ends up evening out. And so that's what I mean about just finding something I like and then just sticking to it, which was not always my way. I also love aloe yoga pants more than any of the other popular brands. I like mother jeans. I'm a huge, huge fan of the shift dress. Like I have so many shift dresses. I feel like I know how to style that in a way that feels right to me. It's also not too clinging to the body, but it's not a tent either. It has like a real specific style to it. I'm still in my shift dresses after all this time. I mean, I have, listen, I haven't worn a shift dress in 10 months. (laughs) I mean, you would just faint if you knew how long it was. between outfits around here. Hence why it's worth it for me to spend a little extra money on sweatshirts and yoga pants because that's what I wear every single day. So my shopping hall of fame might not be all that noteworthy, but much like the food category, this is a real fun one to talk through on favorite things, where your favorite place is to shop. Can I also give a quick shout out to The Real Real is my favorite online place to browse. I will say that. The Real Real is a used luxury goods store and I have my filters all set up. You can search by brand and size. I think they're so smart the way they have set up The Real Real. And when I am just like bored and wanting the equivalent of window shopping, that's where I will head and just look and see what new things are happening at the real real. Okay, number nine, and we're almost done here. Number nine in favorite things Hall of Fame is home items. I feel like usually in my favorite things episodes or in my not a gift guide that I put out in November, these days what I really get excited about are often the home items, kitchen gadgets and home decor stuff. We have a long time waffle maker that I love. I have shouted from the rooftops my love for the Dyson hair dryer. I also seriously love wallpaper. If you've seen pictures of my home that I share on Instagram, you'll notice that we have wallpaper in my office. We have wallpaper in one of my powder rooms. We also frame a lot of stuff. A Hall of Fame idea for me in terms of home decor is definitely framing all the things. In our dining room, we've framed a bunch of kid art, a bunch of kid paintings in like heavy duty, nice frames. It looks awesome. I have framed t-shirts where I really loved the graphic, but I could no longer wear the shirt. So I just cut out what I liked about it and framed it. I've framed images from like a pamphlet that I got at a conference one time and I just really loved this image of LA so I just ripped it out and framed it stuff from magazines notes that people have written I framed them I feel like framing things reduces the clutter but still honors the things like you don't have to have a big stack of just like stuff that you like and aren't sure what to do with but you can't throw away think about framing it Another home item in the Hall of Fame situation is these blankets I discovered at a school fundraiser a few years ago made by Kiki Co. 
K-E-I-K-I Co. It's a woman-owned business here in LA, and I bought her blankets as a gift this year, a Christmas gift. And they're so soft, and you know they have a bow wrapped around them. They're a really nice presentation. But I could tell a little bit that when the person who opened the gift, like, oh, a blanket. I mean, that's lovely, but you know, it's not like something you jump up and down about. We gave that blanket to, I think, three different people this holiday season, and every single one of them has texted me and been like, hey, this blanket is amazing. And I'm like, I know. We love them so much. It's really worth the splurge as a gift or for yourself. That's a home item I love. I'm also a big fan of candles. I think that scent really makes a difference in the home. And for a long time, I used the blue Capri candles that you get in Anthropology. I still love that smell. But for the last few years, what has now become a Hall of Fame item for me is the candles from Le Labo. They're my very favorites. I sort of ration when I burn them because they're so special, but the scents from that company really make me happy. You used to only be able to get those in their standalone boutiques, which was in New York, then there were some in LA, but now I've seen them in department stores, so you can get those candles or their perfumes in Nordstrom, I believe, and maybe others, but that's definitely where I have seen them. Okay, last category. I can't believe we made it to this end of Hall of Fame. I really did not know how many words I was going to have about all of my favorite things, and this is only brushing the surface of the best things I love to share with you. But number 10, we're going to end on a note that is one of my favorites of my favorites, and that is journals and planners. That's the category. I have so many notebooks. I have journals and notebooks for all kinds of things. Work stuff, personal stuff, almost like scratch paper, affirmation journals, all the things. My personal journal where I write my personal things, and I know I've talked you know, a million times about all the different ways that one can journal, but sort of my main basic journal where I document our life, our family's life, my personal thoughts and feelings. For years and years now, I have used a soft cover moleskin, black, plain moleskin notebook. You can get that on Amazon or at Target or at a bookstore. They're really common. They're really plain. I liked the lined ones, not the dotted ones. I like the weight of the paper. I like how it has a bookmark built in and then it has the elastic that keeps the journal closed. I like the soft back makes it where I can fold it over and it goes in my purse well as opposed to the hard back, which I have used before. Those are my favorites and I have them in all kinds of sizes, but I think the size of my personal journal is always the same. It's like eight and a half by five and a half, I think, that size. For work stuff, I've consistently used two different notebooks for a while now. One is the sugar paper notebook. I got this at a sugar paper store, although I do believe that sugar paper now sells at Target occasionally. It's just a line notebook. There's nothing that special about it other than that it's pretty and a little bit oversized. And it has a gold coil. Like it just, it looks very nice and it's weighty. I like that. And then my other work notebook, I also got at Target. The brand is called Think Inc., but I don't think you can find it on their exact website. I'm going to have to link it for you. I love the lines. It has like 
a creamier paper. It has a subject at the top. It has a place for you to put the date. And then it just has lines. I mean, it's a typical notebook, but it is my favorite. It feels businessy. They have them in different colors, navy blue, a deep red, black. And then it says in gold embossed notebook. (laughs) And then it also has a gold coil. And then for planners, I've used many planners over the years and liked them. There are so many benefits. There are so many choices out there that are fantastic these days for paper planners, even amidst everyone going so digital. But for the past few years, I'm on my third one, and that is my Plum Paper Planner. I love it so much. It's an amazing price point for a customized planner because you can customize sections, you can choose your layouts, you can customize the cover with your name if that matters to you. So for a customized planner, it is so affordable. It's like under $40. And I just love their layouts, their quality of their paper, and the beginning of the month, how they give you three goals for the month. They give you tons of room to write. I use all that space at the end of the month to come back in and write down highlights. Another great thing about the Plum Paper Planners is because they are custom, when you order them, they can start at any month. So if you ordered a paper planner for 2021 and you're not loving it, it's not working out for you, You don't have to live with it for the rest of the year. You don't have to wait until August when the new round of planners comes out. You can order this one and have it start, you know, February 1, March 1, whenever you want. And so that's a great solution if you aren't loving the planner that you're living with. So listen, y'all, this was a big episode. (laughs) I did not know that I was going to be so wordy about my Hall of Fame. I hope that you learned something. I hope that you were inspired to make your own Hall of Fame favorite things list. I really hope on social media this week that you do share some of your favorite things. We will try to find a way to make that easier for you. Look on Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Maybe there'll be some templates and stories. Just a fun way to share some of your favorites. And it was certainly fun for me to share on this 100th episode, some of my all-time favorite things with you, some of which I've talked about a lot before, some of which maybe you hadn't heard from me before, but it's really nice to have it all here in one spot to commemorate this milestone for the show. I really do appreciate you being here, engaging with you in this medium and on social media and in this book that I was able to write. It has just been, you know... One of the highlights of my whole life in the past couple of years is doing this work, growing together, you and I, asking ourselves the hard questions and answering them from a place of truth and a place of peace, whether that's the deepest matters of our hearts or our favorite things. I loved being here with you. Thanks for listening. Now go share something. Just listen to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend 
or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.